I think really the self-belief projects on the doors. I would say like, like really it is self-belief that sells people. Like you have to believe yes. in yourself. Like people at the end of the day are buying you and like your belief. If they wanted pest control, they would have it. Really like even if they want pest control, they're gonna go with somebody that they like believe will actually take care of them. Yeah. And the way they gain that confidence is through what you're projecting. Welcome everybody out to the D2D podcast, the Golden Door Deep Dive segment. And guys, we got a special episode. We got a little high school reunion going on. Only Titans. Go Titans. Go Titans. <laughs> Titans till the end. Um, uh, my, my friend James Fox, who we, yes, we went to high school together. Um, and he also won a Golden Door. So, dude, congrats, man. Thanks, dude. Share with everyone how have you been? What's finally got the monkey off my back? So. <laughs> it's it's been a process. We've been jamming a little bit before the podcast, kind yeah. of your story, and it's an interesting one, dude. So let's let's walk through that. Like, cool, dude. Like, we graduate from Oli High. Yep. And then uh, our path separated a little bit after that. Now we're back together. Uh, walk me through. Like, how'd you get into the industry? Yep. What's your progression been? Yeah. So. Back in, I went on a mission right out of high school. Where'd you go? Puerto Rico. Ooh. The, we, are, we are headed there this month. Are you? Actually, for the Elite Mastermind. There you go. Yeah. Great place. Great island. Uh, came home, went to the University of Utah. Didn't know anything about sales, like at all. Uh-huh. Um, got introduced to it when I was down in Provo. You know, hanging out with some friends. One of, one of the girls we were hanging out with, her boyfriend was there. Tanner Halford introduces me and McKay to this door-to-door scene. Shout out McKay Roberts. McKay Roberts. Um, also an only boy. McKay and I decided this was uh, our second year from being home from the mission. We we decided to give it a shot. So Tanner actually left to, to Vivint. We stayed at Green X. <laughs> so your recruit so our recruiter, dipped out our recruiter dipped to drink out. the orange Kool-Aid. Yep. Yeah, to to Vivint, and we uh we stuck it out at. Is Green he still X there? Do you know? He's doing solar now. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. He's crushed it, but but yeah, and then uh, we started into the grit. We're McKay and I were with John Taylor. That's kind of how the the year started, and then I was with John the next year too, and then this is like 2018, 2019. 2018, first year, 2019, got connected with um, Ben when John took the VP role. Mm. And then the grit kind of started forming, and then we broke off year 2020, and and uh, it's been there since. So six years deep. Six years deep. Six years deep in this. And uh, no so. end in sight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah going to continue to 50. We got a 20-year sprint going yeah, on, yeah, yeah. as uh, Mr. Cody Olive said. <laughs> Literally. Um, but yeah, dude, it's been fun watching like the progression of, of grit. Uh, I remember going into... You guys were in like some little rented office space a few years back. Yeah. Jackson Gardner brought me in. I was Did just you? checking it out yeah. at the time. It was just like, dang, like they got they, like the, the pots on the stove. It is boiling. <laughs> so here we are, 30, 
five no i think 37 yeah golden door winners later but i think i think some of those you know rented alley spaces if you want to call them Mm -hmm. that kind of started the grit Mm -hmm. it's gritty you know it's nothing sexy it's it kind of built that culture yeah and then now you know we're excited to be in our new building coming a month yeah yeah uh the word on the street is that it opens uh don't quote me on this december 1st i believe big blowout so Uh, if everything goes right yes that's gonna be fun uh What's the build like? You got like a basketball court. You got like it's the got full, it it's full it's got decked the whole out. Summer, yeah, the whole thing. So the whole summer sales. You'll, you'll have to come check it out. Oh, I'll be there. I'll yeah. be there. No, yeah. it'll be fun. Um, yeah, it, uh, it's funny seeing like social media. Everyone being like, "Yo, when's this building gonna open?" Because it's been yeah. like two years. Yeah. <laughs> It's still going. But so. that means it'll probably be good. But no, it's cool because it's like, you know, a lot of companies have very humble origins. I mean, even like Todd Peterson from Vivint, like he started in a trailer in Arizona yeah. with no AC. It's like grit is it within our roots yep. and like sacrifice is within our roots. So walk me through a little bit your progression then year over year. So six years in, what did your first year look like? How yep. does that like what did that improvement look like? Yep. So first year did 200 accounts Well, 195. It's not quite. We, we got to be honest. We got, we got there, but we're uh, not, we don't round up. Don't round up. Second year, different circumstances, whatever ended up doing less accounts, more in rev just cause the contract was a little bit higher, but I was stoked. I mean, I was making still good money. Yeah. You know, more money. My, my vision was pretty low. Um, third year was COVID year. Yeah. And uh, did almost 300 accounts. Had a little jump there. And then fourth year is when I kind of really like bought in. Ben was like, dude, you're good at this. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like I am. Like the self-belief started coming. Mm -hmm. I started like, not not that I didn't have belief in myself. It was more of like, oh, people recognize that I'm good. Mm. You know, it was like the recognition. A little bit of external validation. Like it's like, it's it's one of those things if, if, the right person like sincerely expresses belief that you have in yourself. It kind of awakens that in you. Yeah. And it was almost like I took the job more serious. I knocked the hours. I worked hard. Right. Instead of like, I'm going to go sell an account here, chill for a sec, account here, chill for a sec. It was like, oh, dude, like people are noticing that like I'm actually good at selling. Yeah. And that's kind of where it's, I did 400K my, my, uh, Fourth year, did 530K my fifth year, and then this last year got the elusive golden door. So The elusive. <laughs> What's kept you <laughs> from getting it in the past, you think? You know, I think it was a really slow, steady progression of improvement. Yeah. You know, like this like steady build of like, oh, I can compete with the top guys. Oh, I am a top guy. Yeah. Right? And that like mix there of like, no, dude, they... They literally don't have anything on me. Okay, well then, if they don't have anything on me, how do I translate that to the doors? What does that look like day to day? Yeah. And, you know, I put certain systems in place of, I don't think, when I'm going out to area, I don't think anymore of, oh shoot, am I going to sell or am I not going to sell? No, it's like, I'm going to go out there and work today. Yeah. I'm going to clock in. I'm going to clock out. No matter what happens. I'm putting in the time. I trust the pitch. I follow the routine and it's going to happen. 
Yeah. You know, it's plug and play. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. Um, and then it's, it's crazy how much of that just comes in from that, um, that buy-in. Yeah. You know, we go two steps back before you actually even believe in trusting in the process. You have to believe in yourself. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And, and it kind of goes hand in hand. Yes. I think it's like the belief comes. I, I tell all my guys this summer, I was like, guys, when you work hard, you believe in yourself. Yes. Like the, the work ethic builds belief. The minute that you stop working hard, or you stop giving it your 100% is when your belief in yourself starts going down. You know, and I feel like that's where the self-belief comes from because it's like what starts the belief or the results or what, you know, what, what actually builds belief. And I really think it's just work ethic. Inputs. Yeah, inputs. Yeah, because if you don't have those those inputs, you're lying to yourself. Yeah, 100%. And and it's funny because we know when we're being dishonest. Yep. Internally. You can't cheat yourself. You cannot cheat yourself. The scoreboard doesn't lie. You can, like, your internal scoreboard doesn't lie. Yes. That is. The scoreboard might not reflect what what's actually happening. But you know. Yeah, you know. You always know. Yeah. So um that's amazing uh really quick uh now that you got your golden door yeah i want to do some call outs okay who are we gonna call out that needs to be on stage next year getting their golden door (sighs) few few dogs from the austin team this summer let's look right into the camera let's call them out all right britton hemmert you are i'm calling you out jensen tobiason jensen's a dog Britain's a dog. Jensen's 19 years old, did 400K this last year. Oh, he can get can Golden Can totally Door. do it. He can get Golden Door. Britain is one of the most talented guys I've worked with. Totally can do it. I'm going to have a hot take here, though. Ooh. I'm gonna Let's call hear out it. A rookie. I'm going to call out a rookie, Jackson Knievel. He joined us right out of high school this last summer. And I think he's got it in him. He's got the fire in him. Let's one of go. His, one of his last days selling, he sold 14 accounts in a day. Oh, he can so, do Golden Door. And he's he's pretty motivated. So I'm I'm calling those those three guys out. Let's so. go. Let's go. Yeah. And then personally, Jackson Gardner. Yeah. You're getting yeah. called out. <laughs> we know you got sick this summer. <laughs> we when, know Jay Gardner. When you are hospitalized, uh that I think that is the only reason you cannot uh, he's so that's good. the only true excuse. But he's so good. Next year, Jay Gard, you're gonna be in this chair. It'll be fun to have you. So, 100%. We got our call outs. And he just um, had a baby. Congratulations, Jay Guard. Good for him. Yeah. Love talking about our, uh, our Oli boys. Go Titans. Yeah. Go Titans. But, um, anyways, um, what is it about um, self belief you think that really like sparks that motivation to go and do something like a Golden Door? What's up, everybody? Door to Door Con 7 is coming up January 25th through the 27th in Salt Lake City, Utah. If you have not got your ticket, you're going to miss out on the industry's leading event with vendors over 100, with over 40 speakers on recruiting, sales, finance, growing your business, scaling. And we've had over 3,000 attendees there last year, and this year is going to be bigger and better with Lance Armstrong, Sean White, Kent Clothier, myself, and so many really cool people to network with the best. We have more Golden Door winners this year. We have more coming at you and I don't think you're going to want to miss it. I think I think really the self-belief projects on the doors. 
Mm-hmm. I'd say like like really it is self belief that sells people. Like you have to believe yes. in yourself. Like people at the end of the day are buying you, and like your belief. If they wanted pest control, they would have it. The yeah, and 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 really like even if they want pest control, they're going to go with somebody that they like believe will actually take care of them. Yes. And the way they gain that confidence is through what you're projecting, right? So I think yeah. that's really what what the self-belief it takes is people buy that. That's what people buy. Yeah. Is self-belief. It's it's kind of like, you know, we've all heard that like dating advice. It's like, oh, if you want to attract someone amazing, you got to become amazing. Yeah. So you kind of like attract what you are. Yeah. So if you have that belief, if you become that belief, the results follow. 100%. Which is awesome. What would you go back, if you could go back and talk to your rookie self? Yeah. What would you tell him? Don't be satisfied. I was so satisfied so early because I thought, you know, when I was recruited, they was like, oh, dude, you can make 30 grand in the summer. I was like, dude, it was all about the money for me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, my gosh. And then when I hit that, I was like, dude, you can actually make 30 grand in the summer. That's crazy. Right. Instead of like competing for the top guys and that always increases um, your earnings. So not, not making about the earnings. I think really making about like, what's your potential? Mm-hmm. I think that mind shift of not money, more potential. What, what is my potential? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. That's what, uh, what I would change, what I would tell myself. Yeah, because sometimes we get so comfortable with uh, all the money yeah. that comes in. And, you know, money is just like the worst motivator on this planet, yeah. for, especially for the long term. Because yeah. when you get tired... And you're like, dude, I've already made like, I've already made money I'm okay, today. Like, you know? I'm good. <laughs> uh, it's nine o'clock. You got one more deal left in you, and you're just like, nah, I'm good. But when your goal is like, how do I maximize my potential? Yeah. How do I like truly look in- inward and you know do what I was put on this earth to do? Yep. And that is like maximize my human experience. Yep, and it raises everybody around you. And that's, you know, and that's impact, that's fulfillment, that, that feels good, that fuels, you know, even more, what is my potential, right, of, mm-hmm. of not only what, what happens to you, but the people around you while that happens, and honestly, that's why the grit, these guys, I'm, surra- I'm surrounded with Zach Seegers, mm-hmm. who will never settle, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to not settle when, when you're surrounded by Zach, Brock, Zach Kinzel, you know, mm-hmm. All these, all these studs. Have you Carson driven Blyther. his Corvette yet? I've been in it. I've it's in sick, it. isn't it? It is sweet. It is sweet. He's he deserves that and more. So absolutely, but it's cool. I mean that it, it, you know, a lot of this boils down to culture, who you're surrounding yourself with, and like you know, being with people that believe in you, and then like, you know, it's just kind of this synergistic like up leveling. So yep. like everyone's just there for each other. Yep. Which is amazing. That's the goal. And it, it you have to be very intentional to create that. Totally. Totally. And and I I really feel like I am a product of the environment of the grit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I'm surrounded by the good like top guys. I I feel like a top guy, you know, and mm-hmm. and then it just keeps going. So Absolutely. So I wanna dive into this last summer then. Uh remind me what market you were in. I was in Austin and OKC. Austin and OKC. 
Austin, um, Texas, yeah. What was that like? It's great. Was that your first? That wasn't it was your hot. first time in Texas, was it? It was my first time in Texas. First time in in Texas. In Texas. Okay. Yep. Yeah. First it, oh, time in Texas. Texas is so hot. It was hot. Dude, it's like 100 degrees every day. Yeah, it reached it, one time in Austin. It reached feels like 120. Oh gosh. <laughs> It's oh hot. gosh it's okay grindy, but... let's 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 talk about that real quick yeah. uh how do you deal with the heat so i think i might be a minimum heat doesn't affect me as much like it's just like well i just got to drink more water okay you know and like i would rather be sweating than cold mm. so that's true that's kind of wakes me up it's kind of like the you know when you're going to play sports you warm up you warm up a sweat it's like I want to, even when I'm driving out to area, I actually kind of build up a sweat. Interesting. So you're not blasting the AC. I kind of keep, like, keep it hot. Interesting. In there. Because it's like, all right, let's go. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm are ready you doing to roll. most of your deals on the doorstep or are you trying to go in the house? I'm, I get in the backyard a lot. Okay. So you're not even getting a break in the AC. Yeah. It got to a point, though, where people would literally, you knock on their door, you talk to them for a little bit, and they're like inviting you in. To finish your page. They're like, please. Inside. It's like, look, I can't do this. It's like watching a, a puppy die yeah, yeah. in front of them. It's like, I think, come on, I think come on in here. They're too hot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, okay, I'm too hot. This is uncomfortable for me. Come on inside. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, man. But it was good. It was good. I love I loved competitive markets. So it was great to be in Texas. Yeah. So big switch over market. Switch over market, which is awesome. Like these people have the product that you're selling. Now you just got to say, like, why you're if, better yeah and and if they're gonna choose somebody else they're gonna choose me you know like that's mm. that's like my mindset behind it is like well dude if they've bought in from somebody else or if they've signed up there's no reason why they wouldn't sign up yeah. with me so so what's the mentality behind the switch over then that you know like, like just just like look let's go let's go i'm i'm gonna get around back that's that's one of my main things with with switchovers. Like, yeah. I'm gonna go around back. I'm gonna go see what the cust with what the company's missed. I'm gonna get them to like me, right? Like, be agreeable with them. Like, totally yeah. not shoot down like who they have or what they have or say that they made a bad decision. You know, because no one wants to make a bad decision. Yeah, right? no one wants to feel like a complete idiot for signing up with for signing who up. They yeah. signed up with, but. Having enough confidence that, like, dude, like, if you're going to buy from these other guys, like, you're going to buy from me, too. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be some way, some hot point that I can find that I can twist on mm -hmm. to get them to switch over. Right? So. Gotcha. A lot of guys are afraid of switchovers. I think, yeah, I like them. I look for them. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I think they're easier. I think I think they're already they already have bought pest control. They see the value. They see the value already, you know. And so really at that point it's just just selling, you know, selling me. Yeah. Selling my company. Why is my company better? Or why 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 is it better to work with me, you know, than these other people and and getting around finding something you can always find something. Yeah. So there's always a hot button. There's always something. It's a point you can you can make. Yep. Uh, what percentages are like switchovers versus fresh out there? I would really want to know the concrete data. I think probably ballpark. I'd probably say sixty forty. I would say. 
Okay. 60 switchovers, 40% new start. If I'm being like real with myself, it probably feels more than that with switchovers. Uh-huh. But I think it's probably, if, if I'm really looking at it, it's probably 60, 40. Okay. So you got a handful of people that, you know, you're building them from the ground up. You're convincing them why, like they yeah. need a service. Austin's very mobile. People are moving in and out. Yeah. Whether it's from one neighborhood to another or from out of state to Austin. Um, that's the nice thing about pest control is people are always moving, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, that, that's just how the housing market is. So, yeah. Um, I think pest control, uh, you know, my background's vivant. So it was like, you had to meet certain qualifications. It was like, you know, they had, ideally they were in the house for like the, the foreseeable future. Yep. Um, you know, they were it's like a five-year deal. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. like, you know, you could move with them, but ideally that, like, that wasn't the best situation. But where, and then, you know, you had to look for like the people that you knew could like afford it. So yeah. like good credit. Whereas like pest control, it's like if they have a door, they're a qualified buyer. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you want to look for like signs of life and you know, you don't want to waste your time, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, totally, you know? Yeah. It's nice. You can, you can kind of, yeah, everyone's qualified. You said it best. Everyone's a qualified buyer. Everyone's a qualified buyer, which is awesome. And then you got people moving around and everything, um, which, you know, it, it, that's life. Yep. Yeah, you got to keep, keep that in account. So um, I know you've mentioned that you have been in many different markets. Yeah. Where all have you been? I guess I'll start from, so first year I, I was in Philly. Um, sold a little bit in Delaware. Second year, I was in New Jersey. Um, third year, I was in Chicago and Indiana. Mm. Uh, fourth year, we were kind of hopping all over. It was, it was uh, first year of Grit. We sold in Louisiana and Mississippi. And then we went to uh, Columbus, Ohio for a sec. Went to Indiana, Fort Wayne. Mm. Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then we went to New Hampshire. So we were kind of we kind of hopped around a little bit due to just different circumstances, you know, um, and we bled into Massachusetts uh, there in in Boston. Um, fifth year, I was in Portland. Uh, so I was last year I was in Portland, which is sweet, in Oregon. So West Coast. Uh, I did blitzes in Florida. Done blitzes in Arizona. Um, obviously, this last year I was in. In Texas and o- Oklahoma, so you so kind of you, you truly really, have, really been have been everywhere, all over. Have you so. done California? Haven't done California. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I haven't done California. That's always a hot so. spot. But that's I funny. Know. You've done literally like West, West Coast, Coast. The, the whole Midwest, yep. like the uh, uh, the American Southwest, Texas, <laughs> the like New England, yeah, um, East Coast, yeah. What's done your, all down the East Coast? What's been your favorite? You know, I like, I've been asked this quite a few times. I like them all for different reasons. Yeah. You know, they're, they all have trade-offs. Totally. So it's, it's really hard. Midwest, you kind of get more, you know, nice people, but bugs aren't as hot, mm-hmm. right? Whereas you go down to, you know, Florida or Texas or whatever, and and there's tons of bugs, but way more, you know, Switch over market heavy. I've kind of I've kind of liked that. East Coast, you get 
people more rude, but they're quicker, faster sales. They have tons of money on the East Coast, so that's that's a plus. You can sell them high, and they don't blink. Yeah. So it's just different trade offs. I don't I don't really have a favorite. I don't think it it really matters honestly where you go to to be able to sell. So yeah, I that is so true. Um, it's just like the the best area is the one you're in. Yeah, yeah. You can always the the, the toughest mental space that you can get into is, dude. I can only sell in this type of place. Mm, I can only sell new move-ins. Yeah, or I can, I can only, only sell, sell young if, couples if, because then you're not then you're not then you're not even selling. Yeah, then you're looking and hoping and wishing for something that's out of your control, and it's such a demotivator. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When you gosh. take that when you take that approach, it's such a demo. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to this market mm-hmm. because that's such a tough. You already lost. You know, whereas it's proven people sell. There's been golden doors everywhere, everywhere in every single market. It really doesn't matter where you sell, who you sell. And that that that's that's empowering. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's um, absolutely wild to see kind of the mindset a lot of people have. Well, because the thing is, it's like I think a lot of people, they they don't want to be salesmen. They want to be order takers. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? they find yeah. what they like. Oh, I like the the young couple, the new movement, which yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. We love them. We do love them. We love them. We we've made a lot of money on them. <laughs> in a good way, of course. Um, but um, you yes. know, there's no there's no difference in in someone that's just like taking burger orders and yeah. someone that's just like looking for the laydowns, looking for what they like. Yeah. And I mean like, you know, play to your strengths, of course, like you, if you know you can sell a certain area, like I, I don't think there's a harm in like really taking advantage of that. But also, don't cut yourself short, like because yeah. that's such a, a scarcity mindset to put yourself in. It really is, and and being a good salesman means that you're a good salesman. It's not that you mm-hmm. find everybody in the perfect situation. You create in the summer uh, at the grit. There's a narrative going around of we don't find laydowns, we create we them. create laydowns. Right. And like that is so that's so empowering. I've seen I've seen people on the lay down search, mm. you know, of like, where can I find this lay down? The desperation, this desperation. And it comes off on the door and you're desperate, you know, and and that does not sell. Whereas if it's like, dude, I'm going to create this lay down. Then all of a sudden, every single door, you have that hope. You have that belief. Mm-hmm. You're not like searching like, oh, man, is this the lay down? It's like, no, this is the lay down because I'm going to create it. Yeah. And we saw like a huge uptick in our sales by that mindset switch. So that, that narrative that went around at the grit of, no, we don't. I can't remember who started it, but we don't, we don't search for lay downs. We create them. That's super empowering. Dude, is that not like the coolest life lesson too? Yeah. It's like literally like everyone takes everything that comes at them and they look at it like it's a problem and they want like the easy the easy things to be handed to them. Whereas every situation is an opportunity. It really is. And you have the power to create that into the, as good of an opportunity as you can. Yep. And no one and everyone wants to take the like you said the easiest path, easiest road out. But really, it's it's facing the hard roads and creating it into something 
he's into something beautiful you know like it's really taking hard circumstances and taking control of it like i'm in control of this hard situation yeah and i have the you know like empowering yourself to do it that's that's the key to success in my mind dude this is like the the coolest principle behind i love it so much just like it's the stephen covey thing where it's like between stimulus and response there's a space to choose yeah it's like you can't always choose you you can't choose the stimulus you can't choose the outcome but you choose how you respond to anything 100 percent. and that's exactly what the doors are like it's like yeah maybe i'm not great at switchovers go learn how to get better at switchovers create those opportunities you know what i mean every door is an opportunity 100%. 100%. And even if maybe they don't even buy, but it's an opportunity to, to make them smile. It's an opportunity to make a friend. Oppor- so the opportunities are just endless. And it takes a lot of reminders. I think that's where it comes in of like your support system. You're going to run into those Oh dude, this is a, you have a way hard day. My one one of my days this summer I sold one account. And I worked Harder than I ever have that day. It was a Friday. Wow. Sold one account. I'm like, but no bagels, right? No bagels. Okay. All uh, a keto diet. All it was. It was. It was my worst day in probably a couple years. Wow. And I call. You know, I call my Parker, my senior leaders, Parker Anderton, Skyler. I'm like, guys, I got my butt whooped today. I'm like, I promise you, I'm going to have the my biggest day of the summer this next day. Went out there, had my biggest day. I sold 20 accounts. But it was huge for me to vent that off to them. Like, mm-hmm. dude, these circumstances are hard. And them reassure me, like, you're the guy. You know, like, you can do it. You can get it done. Like, again, I think a lot of the opportunity and that creating of, like, I have control of the situation takes reminders from your support system. You know, it, yes. we're, we're not, none of us are above getting falling into those traps we all need help we all we all need that we all need that help those reminders those you know pick-me-ups absolutely and dude like i just love that so much because it's like i had the hardest day ever because how many people would take that and be like oh i'm not good at this and give up yeah yeah so many people blame it on themselves yeah you know yeah and it's like yeah that next day they might go out but they're like it's not gonna be any different than yesterday Yep. Yep. You almost need to have this like false sense of confidence, you know, to like do great things. Like mm-hmm. Zach Seeger before the summer was always like, I'm going to sell 1.5. Yeah. It's never been done before. I thought he was crazy. But then again, everything Zach's done has been crazy. And yeah. I'm like, well, you know, he has that confidence in something that hasn't been done before and, and goes out and executes it. So. Yeah, I think and and taking that that's kind of on a large scale, but short term, you know, next day I'm not a one a day guy. Even though I sold one today, mm-hmm. I'm not a one a day guy. Like I'm way more than a one a day guy. Yeah, it's identity. Yep. it's who you are. Yep. you're not a one a day guy. You're not, you know, your belief is palpable. Yep. and that was something like interviewing Zach Seeger that just came across as like that was a punch in the face. Just like that man believes in himself more than probably anything. He totally does. Like he believes in himself more than he believes the sky is blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's impressive. Which is amazing. He's impressive. And uh, you know, it's been amazing to you know talk to all of you guys and see how it is. Like, you know, 
It's not your pitch. It's not what you say. It's not so many of these things that people get so caught up in. It's belief, it's identity, and it's grit. Yeah. (laughs) It really is nothing sexy. Nothing sexy at all. It's nothing sexy. It's hard work, and that hard work manifests it. I remember a point in the summer where, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I can truly say that no one works harder than me. You know, like, no no one spends the time that I do... No one trains like, like no one invests more in their guy. Like I am outworking everybody. And that belief was like, I can do anything. You know, like I have the power to do everything. You know, and that was, that was such a cool phenomenon where if you haven't experienced something like that, go out and outwork and just go out, work hard, outwork everybody. And you will get this like amazing satisfaction. Of like, I'm working myself to exhaustion every day for a bigger purpose, for my guys, Mm. for my future, for my family, for, right? Like, I want to be the best husband, future father, you know, everything that I I can be. And that, that is so motivating to go Mm -hmm. out there and take it, right? That, that pushes you to exhaustion, makes you wake up the next morning ready to tackle it again. Yeah. Not like you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh. You know, it's like, I want to go, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so having that why, I think, building that why out is, is massive. Absolutely. And it's, because the thing is, when you're in the, the thick of it, it's going to get hard. Like, For sure. There's going to be For moments sure. where, like, you question everything. For sure. Like you got guys going in full blown, full blown faith crises over the <laughs> yes. summer. It's like, like I, you never see a more humbling experience, but it's, it's crazy because so in the, in the depth of that hard moment, you're presented with a choice. And it's like, when you can lean back on that, why yeah. it makes it so easy. Cause it's, it's like, I could give up right now, but like, I don't want my guys to see that. Yeah. And that gives you the strength to knock one more door. You know, yeah. I could quit right now, but like, how am I going to look my wife in the eye and tell her I quit today? Totally. And, and shout out to all the married people out there. Those wives, they're, they're the real sacrificers. Oh, dude, those are the soldiers. They're the real soldiers. And, you know, being married was, was huge for me, whereas like, like my wife is sacrificing to be out here. So I better, you know, I better step up and and make it happen. Like if I'm going to go out there and like not give my 100% when my wife would rather be doing 100 million different things. So true. Than be, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, you know. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's In hot Texas, too. In hot Texas. That was the killer for my (laughs) wife was just like, I can't even leave this apartment. It's too hot. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that I think that that's another um, driving factor on it. So yeah, and it's amazing because a lot of guys will look at you know, um, and you know I'm not perfect either. This was a really big struggle because I remember I got married and then like honeymoon and then out for the summer. Doors. <laughs> it's Doors. like that was tough. You know what I mean? It's like I hadn't even lived with her, and then now we're like. I'm working 12 hours a day and, and she's has no friends and knows, you know what I mean? It is, it is yeah. so hard. Um, 
and I think, you know, even top guys struggle with this. Like this is not, not this isn't the first time this topic has come up in the podcast. Uh, but it's just like, you know, you're always presented again with the choice. It's like, okay, you know, it's, it's short-term versus long-term, Hundred percent. you know, it's like, you know, I could go be with my wife, comfort her and like give her like a band-aid solution right now, yeah. or we can create freedom for the yeah. long-term. Yeah. And, and it's important that you guys, you know, the wives and, and husbands make that decision together. Yes. Because the wife has to be on board. Yeah. For that. Because if, if you're the one making that call and she's yeah. not on board, uh, you'll probably be single the next Good summer. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very hard. But yeah, if you can share that same vision, especially for when it gets tough. But that's the thing. If you push through those hard days, because the thing is, you know, if you look at your wife and you're like, I know you had a hard day today, but like, this is what I did. Like, this wasn't in vain. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I look can look at her, you know, shout out to Kate. Kate, she's she's awesome. Let's but, go Kate Fox. Yep, Kate Fox. Uh coming back, coming back, it's like I had to like for the sacrifice that she was out there, I had to be able to go back and look at her and be like, I did everything that I could today. Mm-hmm. You know, which which was huge, which I think that's where the married accountability, you know, really you can see a lot of progression in people married. Yeah. It's, it's a blessing. Yep. So, um, that's absolutely powerful. And then just tying it back to the principle of like outsourcing your why to something bigger than yourself. hundred percent. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. a lot of guys, and you see this happen a lot. It's like they're single, they got nothing to lose, but they don't really have anything to gain either. It's like, you know, <laughs> that, that was kind of me, my rookie year. It was like, I went out and I'm like, you know, $50,000 would be great, but like, I don't need it. Like when push comes to shove, you know what I mean? I wasn't going to say that, but internally I'm like, I don't need it. And then like I've been living off it, five it, grand a year for yeah, years. I, I, I could go donate plasma and live at home. Yeah. Like I'll be okay. Like, but, um, again, it's just, uh, you know, creating that vision for, uh, something bigger than yourself. Yep. Cause when you think selfishly, I believe that that is the true essence of depression and that is the true essence of mm, roadblocks. You know what I yeah. mean? Where it's just like, you can only go so far just solely thinking about yourself. So true. But whereas if you're outsourcing your happiness to other people, not like for their validation, but rather for you live your life in servitude to them yeah with, with to more build them up for sure yeah like with the attitude of like wherever i go the grass grows greener whoever i i meet i uplift like that changes everything 100%, especially yeah. as a leader yep and so i kind of want to speak to leadership yeah um what was because a lot of guys you know you can be a great golfer but a horrible coach you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You can be great at the sport, but horrible at teaching it to other people. What was your progression in leadership like? Yeah. As far as like year over year or as far as like leadership skills? Uh, let's, let's go year over year and then like the nitty gritty and the skills. Yeah. Year, year one and two. Um, year one, two and three really like not much leadership. I was up at the U. I didn't even know people went into an office mm-hmm. really like until like year three. 
Like I thought it was like you go from the summer and then you go back to school and like that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once once you know I think year three when I really like bought in Ben expressed that belief in me. Uh, from year three to year four, then I ran my own team with with my brother Nathan mm-hmm. and Down Battalion and Adam Healed. Uh, uh, two Adam's still knocking. Adam's still for Green Exes last year. But we ran that team very like made it. We made a ton of mistakes. We were young leaders. We didn't, but we worked hard. Yeah. And you you grow a ton from that first year managing. You grow a ton. Then second, the second year of leadership was really last year. So like my fifth year. So fourth fourth year, first time running a team. Fifth year, uh, I was with Parker Anderton, who in my opinion is the best door to door sales leader ever like we have you know the the rumble if you've Mm -hmm. heard about it i've heard the rumble parker's a four-time rumble champ he's he's unbelievable and i co-managed with parker parker was the main manager and then me and bennett hayrand um who's a two-time golden door guy we co-managed uh with parker Mm -hmm. and i gotta really like see like what it looks like to manage reps right and like really yes. like understand like that ourselves are we're our toughest critic mm. they don't need a manager pointing out all their mistakes they're already very aware of them if they're not knocking they're very aware that they're mm. sitting on it's the like curb, what we said earlier you know, it's like, like we we know what's up yes and and parker does such a good job at managing those situations of okay Right, like he knows he's not knocking, so instead of like me seeing that he's not knocking and calling him out for it, finding him at another point, so like that night or the morning of, like, hey, dude, is everything okay? Like, is there any, is there anything that I can do to help you? Mm. Right, and like more being like, okay, like how can I help this guy? Because not knocking is miserable. Yes, like John John Taylor always said to us. Sucking sucks. Like, knocking actually doesn't suck. Sitting on a curb in the middle of nowhere sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, that sucks way more than knocking. Yeah. You know? And, and so, really, at that, at that point, that was kind of like a big paradigm shift of my role isn't to nitpick or micromanage or any of that, but to build and help and find like, what can I do? See the situation from their eyes and what can I do to help that? Right. And Parker, Mm. Parker really taught me that seeing him being mentored by him. Um, and then this summer really, it's like, you can't turn the light switch off in managing. Yeah. You can't, you have to have, you got to bring the fire. You've got to bring the motivation lead from the front. Everybody's, everybody's looking at you, following you, you can't ask people to do what you're not doing. Yes. Like you can't, you just, there's no way, they're just not going to believe it. They're not going to buy into it. If you want to have true impact, you have to lead from the front. You have to be the guy that's like, guys, we can do this. And and they will respect you for that. And when you gain that respect, then they will do anything for you. Absolutely. Because right? like they deeply they trust, trust you. you. Yep. That, um connection is just there yeah because if if you don't uh if that hypocrisy is yeah. not 
existent. And they'll sniff that out. Oh, they, they sniff it quick. They sniff it quick. Yeah. And good luck, you know, when you stand up in that meeting, good luck being listened to if if they're sniffing it. Yeah, because I've been called out before by guys that weren't knocking, telling <laughs> me that I wasn't knocking. And I'm like... Well, yeah, well, I see your car at the apartment and like, I got your location. I know you're not working. Like, why are you calling me out? Yeah, you just can't. And it creates like, that creates the worst kind of culture. Such a bad culture. It's so bad. So nitpicky. So, you know. So holier than thou. So like, it's disgusting, honestly. Like, and and, because the thing is, it, it, it you know, we mentioned this earlier, culture is so intentional. And like, if totally you're is. not setting the standard for your guys, you're failing as a leader. Yep. And setting that bar, like knowing me as the leader, if I don't get on the boards early, mm-hmm. no, no one, is, like, that's the mindset you got to have as leaders. Like, I got to get on the boards early because if I'm not getting an early deal, are they going to get one? That, then they're going to think, oh, people just don't sell mm-hmm. before one o'clock. Right? People just don't sell before then. Yeah. People just don't sell before. Because they don't have the example. Yep. Oh, people just don't. If, if James, who's the top sales guy on our team, isn't selling before one, then there's just no point in knocking before one. Yeah. You know, so setting those tones. Oh, I got to knock late. I got to, I got to, I have to sell. It's hard for me to knock late. Like full disclosure, like <laughs> it's hard for me to knock late. It's uncomfortable. I, it's it's super uncomfortable. But I care way more about the guys and the production that we can have and having that that sort of impact. That's like, you know what? I don't love knocking late, but I'm going to do it. Mm. You know, like I'm going to do it. I have to get deals. I have to find a way to get it done because people are counting on it. And if yeah. I'm going to sit in there and be like, guys, look, if you just sell one more account every day late over the course of the summer, that's another hundred accounts. Yeah. That stacks. You know, that stacks, that stacks a ton. That stacks a ton. So that it's just setting the example. That's kind of the growth of that leadership has been is, is really growing into that part, setting the, setting the tone, knowing how to manage reps that aren't selling or aren't working coming at a place from it of love, but also like, of like responsibility, like, Hey, my responsibility is at the end of the summer, John Taylor would always tell us the summer goes like this. Although it feels long in the summer, all of a sudden I'm six years deep in this, (laughs) you know, like it really does go. And what you do in that summer really does like, you won't remember you. I'm going to feel the same way now if I had worked this summer or if I didn't, or if, like I would feel the same way now, mm-hmm. but the bank account and the impact and all that stuff would be drastic. Yeah. You know? And, and so really it's like coming at that, helping them see that vision, learning how to motivate by one leading by example two not like shooting them down. Right. Like, yeah. Hey, you're not working. You're sitting on the curb. I know I'm sitting on the curb, uh-huh. you know, like, they know that. They're already beating themselves up over it. Yeah. They already are in a shame cycle. That's why they're on the curb. That's why they're on the curb is they feel like they can't sell. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, what training can I give to either motivate them to knock or what training can I give to give them enough belief to where it's like, oh, I, I think I can sell an account today. 
I think I can sell multiple accounts today, mm. right? Like that's the training that you need to give. Yeah. Is like give them one tangible thing that they can go work on that day that it's like, okay, I might fail today, but at least I'm getting better at this. Or at least I have hope that I can sell today mm. because I can do the intro this way, right? And giving yeah. them that hope, that belief, because once you, once you believe, you're going to knock. Yeah. Once you don't believe, it's, it's, hard. Cur- it's hard. That curb looks tempting. The curb's tempting. I can also promise you it is very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love the leadership is such a blessing. And, and it takes patience from people, you know, on the teams of leaders, right? Like the leader's going to screw up. Oh, 100%. You know, but luckily, you know, I, I've had awesome teams, super forgiving, super willing to, to listen and, and be coachable and create a culture. Our culture was so awesome this last year. Everybody was so bought in, empowering, you know, young leaders to, to lead is, is huge. Um, but yeah, just having abundant, really an abundance mindset. Yeah. That's half the battle right there. Yep. If you can create that abundance doors open. Yep. So <clears throat> I think the principles behind leadership, I mean, think about it like this. It's like, it's so funny, you know, 10 years ago, when we're back in high school, we're not even thinking about sales. At all. We're thinking about, yeah, where am I going to go to college? Where am I going to get the degree? Where am I going to get the desk job and everything like Where's that? Where's the girl at? Where's the girl Where's at? The girl at? Where, where is she? But it's crazy because it's like we take these like life lessons from door-to-door sales. I mean, one, who would have thought? Yeah, for real. <laughs> like 10 years ago, if you told me like door-to-door sales is probably the number one like growth hack for your life. I would have been like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's crazy. And like the fact that like we can learn communication, we learn leadership. Yep. It's like there's nothing we can, we can't do. Work ethic, overcoming your, you know, weaknesses, you know, learning how to manage stress and anxiety. Like nobody has gone and done door to door without feeling stress and anxiety. Nobody. Nobody has. How do you manage that? The best, the best way to learn how to manage it is to, to go through it, you know, and learn that about yourself of like, okay, I feel stressed when I'm in this scenario. What can I put, what things can I put in place? You know, just to, just to harp on, you know, more door to door lessons. It's awesome. Yeah. It's profound. And it, it, it's sad that a lot of people get caught up and maybe the stigmas behind it, or maybe they had a they went out with a crappy manager, they yeah. had a terrible experience or something like that. But yeah, it, it's truly amazing the blessings that come from like exactly what you said. The things you were learning, it's just these are life lessons. Life lessons, yep. Self-confidence, it can take you. It really is what life's all about. Like jobs, in any job, you have interviews. Yeah. You gotta sell yourself, you gotta be confident. If you're going to be in a management role, you have to learn how to lead people. You know, you have to, you have to learn these skills at some point. And I feel like door to door just speeds that up. Yeah. It just like speeds it up where it's like, yeah, maybe somebody in their thirties, once they get into management, they're learning those skills, Mm. you know, and they're, and they're becoming better at it and they become a great. And then by the time they're 40, they're, you know, CFO, CEO running the thing because they've built that up. I feel like door to door really just speeds the progression up. Absolutely. You know, it makes you fall on your face a bunch, but 
speeds it up. Yeah, it does. It, think of how like <clears throat> you're like not like your resume, but like your actual genuine experience, life experience resume kind of thing. Yeah. It's like you're not even 30 years old and you can be like, <laughs> dude, this is like this is what I've done. Yeah. And this is what I've learned and this is yeah, what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I think it's so valuable to go across the country to a diff a different part of you know, totally different part of the country. We grew up in, you know, Holiday, Utah. Yeah, like like <laughs> very distinct culture in Holiday, Utah. Totally. To go to Texas and to go to Florida and converse with people that grew up in a totally different state, totally different background, social status and and that that's valuable enough. Yeah. You know, learning how they communicate, learning how they buy. Yeah. What things they buy on. Rich people buy on something totally different than middle class and lower income people. They just, they communicate differently, you know, and learning that way of business. So it's, it's door to door. So awesome. It really is. It's so great. Dude, let's go knock. So passionate. Let's go. Let's just go knock, dude. <laughs> I'll see you on the next blitz. <laughs> next blitz. Uh, all my, to all my great boys. Yeah. I would love to go on that next blitz. Let's, let's fi- happen. Dude, let's film some content. Let's, make, let's make a happen. vlog. It's going to be fun. Um, so that is now officially on the record. So <laughs> <laughs> now there's no backing out, but, uh, anyways, shifting over, uh, kind of ending the podcast. Uh, I want to kind of end on DDD con. Yeah. So, um, have you been before? What's your experience been like? Like, what do you so this is, So this is interesting. I, I've, I've seen it from an outsider's view, right? Like um, a bunch of the great guys, right, that have gone on the last few years. I'm like, dude, I got to get on that stage. Yeah. This year, uh, I was actually listening to the the intro of the deep dive. Yeah. On the way up here. And um, and basically what uh, my mind just blanked. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll get there. But basically... Um, the golden door of this stage is, I remembered it. The golden door of this stage is something that we think of and manifested often. Like we do a thing called priming. Yeah. Right. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Shout out. And, and, uh, this year I envisioned a ton being on the door to door con stage, receiving my award. That was a big factor in me getting my golden door. It set my like vision of like, I want to be on that stage. I want to receive that award and visualizing it, receiving it from, you know, you guys, mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge motivating factor and was at the forefront. So door to door con's awesome. I've heard tons of impact stories from the guys that have gone on the grid. I haven't been yet. So I'm excited. I'm excited to go. I'm glad you're repenting. I'm repenting. <laughs> I'm repenting, but I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Experience and, it. and really like, that is such a huge part of it because it's like even talking to someone like Zach who just is like, dude, that was my like part of my affirmations. Just like I'm a Golden Door winner. I'm on that stage. Sam Taggart's give me the award. You know what such I mean? Such a cool event. It's it, it's beautiful. And it's so cool too because it's across all industries. It, it's so interesting because, you know, solar guys so different than pest guys. Alarm guys so different than roofing guys. And it's cool to take off the jersey we love grit, obviously, but it's cool to take <laughs> off the jersey. For sure. And um, just be in an environment. If you want to be a Golden Door winner, go where Golden Door winners are. And that's yep. DDD Con. Yep. So true. And learn and learn from the best. Be surrounded by the best. 
I, I'm, I'm excited to, to get to know people because at, at Door DoorCon from other industries. Yeah. Right? I've been spoiled being in the grit, being around a ton of Golden Door winners. I feel like my narrow-mindedness thought, you know what, I'm already around them. Mm-hmm. But it's such a good point. You yeah. get people from all under other industries, you can take away so much knowledge from diversity. Absolutely. Like, so. do you know who uh, Mike O'Donnell is? I don't. And Solar? See? I need to. Dude, he's a G. I'm sure he is. You'll love him. He's like, I don't know, he's probably in his mid-50s, something like that. But he doesn't look like your typical knocker. He's not like a bro. But he sells more solar than anyone in the country. Really? And the principles he brings are absolutely incredible. And it's like like people like that, you know, getting out of your bubble. You know, we were talking about that just barely. It's like getting out of the holiday Utah bubble (laughs) and like meeting new people and like seeing how they tick. It's amazing. And it's it's a uh, cool to do that from a like door to door perspective. I'm super excited. So it'll be good. I'm, I'm I'm super excited to receive the award, but also you know meet these people. What a cool what a cool event you guys have. We're very blessed. You guys are you guys are doing awesome things. We're grateful for it at the grid. So yeah, and if you guys guys January 25th through the 27th, there's nothing stopping you at this point. You know, a lot of people plan their company trips or their blitzes or something like that. You know what? Make the sacrifice. Let's get you there because we want to see you on the Golden Door stage. Plan around it's, it. It's that simple. <laughs> exactly. Plan around it. We're, we're enough time in advance. You can freaking plan around it. So, James, what like parting words do you have for like the industry as a whole? You know, I just, no, nothing crazy. Just love Golden, you know, love, love the door to door um aspect all the life lessons that you learn work hard working hard builds self-belief builds self-confidence allows you to have impact right like that's that's what the grit really is all about and that's what i've really bought into is and seen is that like there's no there's no shortcut it really is just hard work doing hard things that inspire inspires people motivates people and and like you said, be around, be surrounded by people that have a golden door, you know, that have done it. And, uh, and it kind of sets a vision for you. So, yeah. Cause dude, even if let's say like take a kid who, you know, he's with XYZ pest control company, he comes talks to you at door to door con after listening to this, wants to pick your brain. What are you going to tell him? <laughs> get lost red <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. or die like no like you'll probably be nice share your tips and tricks 100 percent. you know what i mean it's 100%. just that abundance mindset again yep so thank you guys absolutely so guys this has been another episode of the golden door deep dive podcast keep tuning in so many tips and tricks to learn we'll see you on the next one thank you man awesome dude